0: buzz babies and welcome back to another episode of blake's buzz and this week i have a very talented writer he's written for tv he's written for dc he's written for marvel he's got a great book from vault called i walk with monsters he's got a new one from tko about witches in world war ii and he's now taking the comic book scene by storm with a satirical and quite pleasant endeavor called con and on from ahoy comics i've got mr paul cornell coming from across the pond here at Thanks, Buzz. How are you doing today,
1: sir? Hello. Um, I'm, I'm fine. I've, I've never heard the words "quite pleasant endeavor" shouted in so passionate a fashion. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. I could do with you with you around most of the time. Just introduce <laughs> me to people. Um, hello. It's a pleasure to be here
0: it's uh, pleasure to have you. Uh, you to start off i was really excited because so I have, I have a cool story about you um many many years ago uh when you were writing when you wrote the the wolverine run where he loses his power that i know a lot of the a lot of nerds got mad at you about that um but i really dug it and my dad and i were reading it together so like we i would i would pick up the comic and like i i would read it and then my dad would read it and um and we, we kind of like we used to go to like all the nerd movies and stuff together um you know and 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 just kind of like you know he when i was a kid he he brought me like the death of superman trade paperback at school he used to work at my school as, as the janitor and and so he he never was really into comics but he got me into comics oddly enough and and anyway so we were reading this book together and and uh, and we were both liking it And he had a stroke. It was a minor stroke. We got lucky. But it it messed with his vision. And uh, and so he has trouble reading now, kind of. So he... He he doesn't read as much anymore, but it, it, that was just like kind of like a special uh, deal for me. So when when Superfan reached out and they were like, "Do you want to have Paul on about his new book?" I was like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't care about his new book." I but like <laughs> no, I do. <laughs> it's a great it's a great book. But you like you know you you had no way of knowing this, but you know you had this like cool backstory with with, with me and my dad and and my nerdy endeavors and and I I did I loved that Wolverine run man. It's so- like.
1: That is so nice. Um, hearing stuff like that is actually the best thing about this job. And, um, you know, you get to hear a story like that about once every six months or so, and it just, it, it keeps you going. It's so good, it's so good. It's, this is sort of what we do fiction for.
0: Yeah, well, that', that awesome. So, see, see that this is like this is how I like to do things. I like to start off with a strong intro, and then, and then, and then build you up, and, and then, and it's all downhill from here, man. I'm real sorry.
1: But <laughs> <laughs> well, we we've got this emotional roller coaster to look forward to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh, anything, anything for ratings, right? Um, but no, you're you're a you're a great you're a great writer. Um, you yeah. know, I, when I I interviewed Sally uh a a while back and and we talked uh, about i walk with monsters 2 which was was one of the best artists she's so so good right oh my god so good and and that that script that story uh just you know the the way you dealt with trauma right and 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 also you know a a, a very non-typical revenge tale right like when it, it was so interesting like the way you did those characters and and how you know they're so propelled by revenge and then and then to really play with that notion of like how hard it is to pull the trigger right you know when, when yeah. you get to that point you don't see that a lot right usually like usually revenge tales we glorify revenge and it's it's all very john wick right and and, and murder is gorgeous and fun and and you did not go that route and i really appreciated that about you
1: I, I think there's two things there. And thank you very much for for your kind kind words about I Walk With Monsters. Um, the There's two things. There's, firstly, in the real world, there are a lot of uh, abused kids mm-hmm. who are never going to get revenge. Yeah. And I w- wanted this to be a story where, you know, a another path is visible. Hmm. And um, secondly, um, I always wonder, at, those, at the end of those movies you know, that guy's not going to feel any better in about a yeah. day. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's sort of, um, and honestly, John, he was a dog. Um, <laughs> I, I sort of yeah, I watched that with, with my head tilted slightly to one side.
0: <laughs> I, I saw uh, there, there's a there's a clip like uh, there's this random comedian that pops up like when I'm mindlessly scrolling through like YouTube Shorts and stuff, and he he's he tells this story about his he, he's he's I can't I don't know what country he's from, but he's making fun of Americans, and and he's like he's like you know like you know my dad died from cancer and uh and and you know, my his his dog, like uh after that, like his his dog just laid by the bed and, and and quit eating and 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 the dog died shortly after, and the audience is like, Oh my god. And and he's like, That's the problem in this country. He was like, You guys didn't give a shit about my dead dad, but the dog, the dog's what guy
1: actually that sounds more like the British. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, do tend to, we do tend to value the lives of pets more than those of human beings. Okay? <laughs> uh,
0: very very much the same i i um i like i've we've had we've had rescue dogs for for years and i've like i've pulled a couple off the street and 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 we got a we got a new one bruce that we we got from a a rescue center who who like really kind of saved saved our 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 household we we lost two old dogs in 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 a year and, and adopted uh bruce and and like he he's better now but he was he was nuts when we first got him he was just a handful and, and it was uh it was it was the distraction the family needed right and it's it's very very cool how um yeah these, these relationships you make with these these furry little weirdos and and I mean, I what they feel, mean to yeah
1: i now feel like a bit unfair to, to john wick who's fictional <laughs> i mean i mean i do i do know that he's easily offended however
2: so <laughs>
0: it's, i i hear in, i hear in real life Keanu is, is is very very pleasant, wonderful uh, uh, human yeah, being. So I think lovely,
2: you're
0: safe. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's um it, it's very interesting. Uh, this your your new book. Well, I guess you've got you've got two new books out.
1: But I do have two. I, I have um the witches of World War Two and, uh, okay. and on and on just about the same time. Conan On is uh, this. It's a tragicomic satire. Uh, Ahoy, comics have this wonderful line in adult, in the best possible way, comedy, and they're sort of they're up there with the classiest sitcoms. You know, they're your curb your enthusiasm of comics, mm. in effect, and they've got lots like that. And um, so, Conan On is in that style from nineteen ninety two to the present day. A history of um, a fictional comic convention. We leap ahead about seven or eight years with each issue. Okay. And we keep the same cast, except not all of them get out alive, <laughs> and um, we see what's happened to them. And it's about the industry. It's about how it's changed in that time, um, and how it, damn well, hasn't changed in that time. Mm. Um, it's about the dark stuff, but also the love you know it's if you if you love a big comic convention as i do then that's there too but at the same time there's there's that thread of darkness that goes right through the comics industry and that's kind of what this revolves around Uh, there are two young creators just starting out in the first issue and they will go on vastly different trajectories by the end of it and I'm I'm so intensely proud of this because I'm actually writing using comedy to write about something that's true and it's mm-hmm. my experiences and those of my peers. Um, this is all the anecdotes that pros t- tell each other in convention bars, you know, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, a lot of even lines that have been said to me are in this comic, and indeed in issue four, I think. I'm in this comic. I thought oh, nice. There is a harmless anecdote where I'm the butt of the joke, and I thought, I, I could just do that, couldn't I? I could be in it. So yeah. I am. And, um, and Marika Cresta, Marika a wonderful artist who's great at character comedy. Yeah, and, and and she's really good at atmosphere. She's drawn me really handsomely, and uh, and <laughs> I, I said to her, "You should be in it too." And I think she is. She's really good at the atmosphere of places like one of those little parks near the convention center, whichever convention it might be, because this is all conventions. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those little parks where the homeless and the masqueraders uh, <laughs> are there at the same time. We all know what it's it's like to sort of. Um, be near the big vents that are coming out with the the smell of burnt human at the side <laughs> of the convention, and the um, I think it's human skin through the air, air conditioning. I think that's what what we're smelling there. And um, uh, no, I mean literally. I think that, that's what it is. But there's also these these moments of of grace and loveliness and people helping each other, and and we also get into the business of we. We've got a regular cast that pops up in each issue, but we also visit you know, the people who clean up, the security staff, the oh, um, cool. people with the rickshaws. And um, uh, three of our central characters are three British comics writers uh, in the first wave of Brits in the States. And they are um, a, a dapper gentleman in a suit and tie, a cosmic explorer guy, and a wild man and i think that covers every single british comica i don't <laughs> yeah the archetypes you build
0: in this narrative are, are really smart really intelligent i and and i totally picked up the the charm and love and that the, i like how you you remain positive but not afraid to critique a lot of what's going on here too right uh, so there's yeah. there's a lot of respect paid to the to the comic convention But like like you're well aware of as both, you know, an industry professional uh, and a creator and and in the mind of of con and on, you know, there's a lot of problems in this in this industry. And, and, uh, you know, especially with conventions. And I like how um, what was cool to me was how this is like this premiere issue is is kind of like. When the when they first started bringing like the Hollywood aspect into it, and, like the, yeah. the TV movie star phenomenon, that oftentimes is is you know sweeps up the uh, the the attention of the actual like comic pros that are supposed to be the ones being celebrated at these things, right? Which is a has been a a, a big critique about how you know the it's like more of a celebration of like you know actors and and movie stars and 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 things like that over the actual uh books which you're
1: it's not not honestly a critique i share in that, you know there's always going to be 14 streams of comics related programming as well Mm -hmm. as the tv and movie stuff and it's still any of the big conventions are still the biggest place for comics and books incidentally yeah but um so I've never minded that. I think it adds to the glamour. But in 1992, when this starts, you could go to any of the major conventions and buy your ticket on the day, having queued for about 20 minutes. Uh, the idea of anybody from film or television being there is extraordinary. Uh, uh, one, of our, one of our characters is a minor TV actor in the first issue. Uh, who is trying out this experiment and his agent says before he goes on the panel now if nobody shows up it's because it's a comic-con don't worry
0: what do you what do you think of the of the of the no like you know marvel marvel and disney not not doing the the big like mcu preview production this backing out of that this year
1: it's a shame it's a shame for the fans um and there's also less of a chance to randomly encounter famous people at a bar, which is <laughs> one of the joys of these things um but you know i i'm very very much on side with the strike or strikes now yeah i think and um you know i uh, i um i agree with the reasoning behind this um and uh, i've been very careful myself about only having meetings with books and comics people at the, mm. uh, the conventions i go to while the strikes on
0: nice yeah it's um it's such a it's such a bummer that there's there's so much there's so much money floating around and and like in hollywood and 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 you know the cinematic industries right and how you know how easy that this fix could be and and the the minor like monetary adjustment these companies would have to make to make these writers happy and 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 not even happy just like give them a, a livable wage yeah. right and and how they it's just they're refusing to do it and and now some people are like i know there's been talks of like ai generated scripts and like all this crazy yeah. stuff going on right now
1: and and well, uh we're not we're not there yet with ai but they clearly anticipate a time when we are and, yeah. they want, and that's what they want to do and um and it's clear as day that's what they want to do and that's pointed at the actors um much harder than it is at the writers because Mm. honestly you could just about do it with an actor now just about yeah you know but buy their likeness rights and run them literally like a puppet i think that's actually what hollywood has always wanted and um it's um uh, I'm, I'm glad we're all finally saying no. Yeah. Um, and as Javier, Javier Grio Marx watch, um, the great TV writer that has lots of good stuff on his um, socials about this, um, that um, basically there used to be an apprenticeship system which thought for the future in terms of TV writers. You worked your way up um, in a room and you learned how to be a showrunner by seeing how it was all done hmm. and now there's nothing like that there's no showrunner school and um it's very short sighted of networks and streamers not to be thinking you know where where will the next generation of writers come from? Oh, if not inside your machines. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I had, a Annie Nascente was on the, the live stream yesterday and, and she was kind of talking about it and she was like, you know, it's crazy. Like, we, you know, when, when they first started talking about like, you know, advanced robotics and artificial intelligence, it, it was like, you know, they, it, it was to like, okay, let's have these do the jobs. We don't want to do right. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, and like, you know, assembly line stuff, manual labor, things like that. And she's like, now look at what's going on. Like they want these things to make art and write movies and, and do all this, like things that, that, you know, succeed on the passion of humanity. And we want, you know, a machine to take over that. And, and I, you know, I was, it's, it's, that's why I love doing these interviews. Right. Cause it's it's like, you know, you, I always think about something differently or someone gives Mm -hmm. you like a, you know, says something and kind of like makes your brain pop for a second. And I I hadn't Mm -hmm. thought of that. I do think you would
1: actually need proper sentience to create a, a yeah. an actual writer. Um what but what I do think is gonna be possible is that um you know a they'll get AIs to write very generic scripts and then use that as an excuse for using you know, non union labor, if you like, non writers okay. just just, just shows that up a bit, you know. Okay and um i think a lot of that might end up being being what they have in mind um plus there's there's all sorts of other things they're fighting for too that are about you know the future of the industry the mm-hmm. shape it'll be and um you know do we actually want in the end to be to some degree free mm. um and uh, i i'm glad we're having this fight now and you know, seeing Jerry Duggan's fiery post about it, on saying, "You think that we a threat to starve us by Christmas is going to make us to stand back from this?" Um, when you know, which Christmas did you have in mind? <laughs> and um, I, I think this is existential for writers and actors, and we know it.
2: Yeah
0: i love the support too that 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 we've been seeing right like the the you know the the live footage from the from the protesting and the and the marching and the and the solidarity of like you know big names showing up or you know bringing bringing pizza bringing lunch feeding these people you know it's um it that's it's it's crazy how easy it is for these these rich people to ignore it you know It, it like I guess and I was raised Catholic right so Catholic guilt is still very much a thing even though I'm not like super religious and uh but it you know it's it when I think about it you know it's it's just like you know how do you sleep at night you know like I I I feel guilty you know I feel guilty when I yell at my dog for you know when he's like begging too hard for food or something you know and it's like even though I am justified I feel bad about it later. And I'm like, man, these you're like toying with like the lives of creators yeah. that enrich your products that make a better product for viewers that generate all this income for you. And, just, and to just I ignore just, their
1: needs. is I just blowing. felt guilty about, about upsetting a fictional character. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but they're about to get their worst nightmare, which is Tom Hanks on a picket line. Yeah. Um, I think um, the, the, really big names especially america's sweethearts Mm
2: -hmm. start
1: starting to say well i'm just a you know a plain old country boy but i think this is wrong yeah and uh i I just read today that uh, incredibly the last time the writers and the actors came out together was in 1960. wow and the leader of the strike was ronald reagan
0: Wow. That's
1: crazy. <laughs> yes. Ronald Reagan trade union firebrand.
0: <laughs> now, as as someone who's been in some writing rooms and, and worked on some some series and, and and you've been you've been a part of this, right? And so mm-hmm. I, I know this hits you, you know closer to home than than you know, than than some others, you know what? Like, I mean, you've you've given you know some of your thoughts on it on it already, but I mean, what it, do you do you see like a way out of this? Do you I mean, do, do you think do you think they're gonna you know? I mean, like, I want the good guys to win, but yeah. you know, I just in this country, you know, oh. like it's we've been going through some shit, man, and we're not doing a lot of things right, and it's really really hard mm. to look on the bright side.
1: Well, I don't think we can throw stones over here. <laughs> but um, I, I, I'm sure both guilds must have stuff they're willing to give way on, mm-hmm. um, because you don't enter a negotiation saying we have nothing in our hand to offer. Yeah. But um, it's basically how quickly, how quickly will somebody on the other side break ranks? Mm. Uh, because the networks, um, the streamers may think, you know, we, we have content to last forever, uh, already, um, the networks have their reality shows, but you know, it's not just the writers and actors who need to put food on the table. this is a um a two-way process and i i think one of those big organizations will start agitating within the other side to say could we at least go back to the table okay and um you know it's who blinks first mm. uh, but the, the, i like that yeah i don't think the writers and the actors are going to blink
0: yeah i i don't either i i, I love i love how like I said before, like the the solidarity and the and the strength, you know, coming out of this, uh, and it, you know, it's it's just, you know, I've long thought the one bad thing about doing what I do is is the more I learn about the comic book industry and and how <laughs> and, and you know like or like when you have like a favorite publisher, but then you find out, you know, like once the once the recording button goes off, right, and and people vent to me and tell me things that I'm like. I'm like, Oh my God, you know, and, and I'm like, I can't believe people treat people like that. And it, and it's, you know, and, and I feel the same way uh, about Hollywood. And it's such a bummer because the, the the escapism and the joy that we get from all these different medias. Right. And, and yes, it's a distraction and, and we sometimes consume too much of it, but it makes our lives better. Like we need these people.
1: I would say that they're not all bad. I've, I've worked for some genuinely good people. Nice. Um, um, People like Chris Ryle, um, uh ahoy in general actually are a a very nice bunch of people and an ethical company yeah um and you know on the tv side john rogers who makes leverage is perhaps an exemplar of an ethical human being and um you know there's there are there are there is a strand of good people in this industry the trouble is uh, a lot of the time that capitalism the shape of the industries Put pressure on you to not be good, to yeah. uh, not look after other people. Um, I've felt that. Um, I, I got an invitation to scab yesterday, um, and uh, no, no, I'm not going to do that. What if my situation economically was a lot worse? This is the shape of the industries we are in that that force people into unethical choices, mm-hmm. and um, I don't. I don't think I can you know necessarily point and 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 judge yeah wow god this got deep let me tell you about my other book. Yeah, go for it.
0: Yeah, let's lighten it up by talking about uh, uh, Nazis and World War II yeah. and witches. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> um, witches of World War II is historical fiction from mm-hmm. TKO um, about five real-life people who were magic users or claimed to be magic users, because we don't settle on whether or not magic is real in the book at all, okay. um, in Britain in the Second World War. I've um, had them meet each other at different times earlier, usually, than they actually did. Most of them genuinely knew each other at one time or another. Alastair Crowley, Dion Fortune, um, and um, uh, Doreen Dominic, and um, who is our heroine. And I've talked to uh, a lot of people who run run their foundations, British British magical historians. people who actually knew them in some cases. Mm. And um, so there's an awful lot of research, but it's a it's a fun adventure. Um, I, I then take them out of history and take them on a, uh, that is to say, you know, I, I, I have something that's definitely didn't happen, mm-hmm. which is I take them on, on an adventure into Nazi-occupied Europe um, at the invitation of Rudolf Hess, the um, deputy Führer and it's basically a spy game of them versus Hess. And uh, if you like uh, espionage and uh, the destruction of fascism, I think you'll enjoy this book. So done. Uh, there's character <laughs> comedy along the way. I've, I, I've tried to be very, very true to all their characters, apart from Crowley, because I think he would be, A, upset if I was true to his character, and, <laughs> and B, upset if I wasn't. And, um, and also, he played fast and loose with, with his history during his lifetime a lot. Hmm. But ironically, um, several of them genuinely do seem to have had intelligence connections. Wow. And um, the central conceit of the book about Hess there is some evidence to indicate that Crowley really did correspond with him. And you didn't get to correspond with Germans in England in World War II without the authorities knowing. I think there's, there's definitely was something going on there. Anyway, there, there's also lovely supporting material in the back of the book, uh, including a piece by Professor Ronald Hutton, um, indicating where the line between history and uh, adventure is. So I really love writing proper historical fiction. Uh, the, the art by uh, Valeria Berzo, who's an Italian artist, and she's moved on to the Hellboy universe now and is rising star, um, is just gorgeous. She loves nineteen forties fashions, and uh, it's full of full of, of that gorgeous nineteen forties period detail. Yeah, oh, the man.
0: art is gorgeous. I, I looked at I looked at some previews. Uh, I didn't realize it had such an such an espionage aspect Ooh. to it. That's that's exciting. It's uh, it. it I always get impressed when, when you all like the research you all put into stuff and then to like add that research and, and and juxtapose it with, with your own, you know, plot points and story beats that, that make it your own story that make it fiction, like to, to combine that and to know, to know like when to dig your heels into history and realism and when to kind of, and when to kind of like step off of that and let the story go wherever it needs to go when you're doing that is that like is that an organic experience or are you like a structured nerd and you're like laying this all out real intensely
1: oh i i always work from really detailed plots i mean the first time i i I write intense plots before i start putting pen to paper about anything and this time this time around i I just, I felt a real sense of responsibility. I didn't want to do anything ridiculous with these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and TKO were really good about this as well. Like we took a, we had a, a page redrawn just to add a single line to a magical diagram. Wow. Um, because it was really upsetting some of my magical sources that it wasn't there. <laughs> Uh, you know, and because things that are meaningful to the magical community, yeah, that's the sort of thing I want to get right. I don't, I don't want somebody in one of the um, magical British magical small press magazines to say, "Well, he's obviously, you know, playing fast and loose." And uh, so it, it was that. Because I'm here on mission about Conan. On, um, <laughs> I, I really, I'm trying to think of what else to say about about it. Um, I think that um, some of the stories will surprise people. There's a couple of toddlers in the first issue that we follow right through for the next 30 years. Oh, cool. There's an award that um, a a, um, a, a big-time 1950s golden age editor, who turns out to have been a very bad man indeed, mm-hmm. uh, has um, an award named after him. And um, rather wonderfully, uh, Marika, we said to her, could you design the award because somebody gets it in issue five? And she its a little plinth with just a halo on top of it. <laughs> and uh, the industry in 30 years doesn't care that this guy was a serial abuser and his trophy is a halo. And, <laughs> and Marika summed that up in a little piece of design. Wow. And, um, Oh, there's also a commentary track. The last thing I do before um, send, finishing, finishing off the lettering draft in every issue, you know, I, I write the commentary track to the finished art, mm-hmm. is um, it's a future historian who knows everything that's going to happen, who's doing a commentary track on the comic. Nice. And uh, so there's rub it distance to everything she says. Like, uh, well, you'll recognize these two from an award-winning documentary, etc. Of course, we don't. We have no idea. uh, (laughs) That's something I'm I'm quite pleased. It it adds another layer to the experience.
0: You should be pleased, honestly. Like When I, you know, reading the solicit, reading the, the press release, right, and then actually reading that first issue the things that you accomplished just in issue one and the promise of Thank what's you. to come. Like I was actually kind of bummed. It's only going to be five issues, right? Like I I'm kind of, <laughs> of want it to be longer, but I you also, the see, future, ha- man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I get, I could see how this series is like, attack well possibly maybe taxing for you because you know like i said the to to pay respect while simultaneously commentating on the on the problems of the industry on the great things about the industry you know while ha- producing characters that are fun to follow and and, and some some nice cheeky humor that that kind of you know alleviates a lot of moments and and are just like you know sporadically very well placed throughout the the, the premiere issue Thank like you. i mean did, was this hard to write or, or or was or were you like i was born for this and like yeah. everything just kind of happened it
1: was a bit gushing out actually it was <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the stuff i'd always wanted to say do
0: you have to reel yourself in every now yeah. and then and be like oh i can't <laughs> i i'm going too far maybe
1: yeah um and i also wanted to be in immensely precisely fair mm. um You know, there's elements of one of the character stories from my own career. And I wanted to say that actually, um, because I think I didn't make the most of my opportunities um, in the big time, and he doesn't make the most of it, and some of it, a lot of it, is his own fault. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so I didn't want this to be... um, Oh, I will expose the system that threw me out, because no, it didn't thro- throw me out. Do- and <laughs> I don't want to do this from a place of bitterness. There's stuff in this that will surprise people. Um, and there's a lot that's simply true um, in, in, in issue two, because I, I, I sort of break my rule because I really wanted to see our heroine meet Jack Kirby. Mm-hmm. Um only she's going off to meet Jack Kirby right at the end of issue one, and then we leap to eight years later. So she she remembers it in issue okay. two. And um and Jack appears off stage just as a, a glowing presence of Kirby Clack Kirby Crackles. Oh and, nice. Uh, and he is, of course, utterly lovely. You know, any anybody, any recognizably real people in this are completely lovely. And um you know we've also we've also tried really hard to say you know we're representing types here there's mm-hmm. there's nobody um in this comic who um couldn't be six or seven different people okay and um you know and is all of those people because types recur in this industry mm-hmm. and um you know so that's that's what we're getting at
0: i, I- I I love I just I love everything about it. Like I said, you know, doing this I I get a lot of insider baseball information oh, on the industry, yeah. and 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 it's you know made me connect to this narrative in it in a different way than I think even regular readers will. But I mean, anybody who loves comic books, anybody who goes to a convention, right? Like, th- it's, it's going to be so easy to get really into con and on. I, I mean, you know, and 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 I feel like I feel like the for the people that are like, yeah, this comic is for me, and that read that first issue like it's I would feel like it's gonna be very hard for them to be like no I don't want to read the second one like oh, there's you well, do so you. much right oh you're very thank welcome you. uh but I and what you really pulled off what you you and the artist um because the characters all like you mentioned emote very well right they like the, the kind of little moments of heartbreak and, and a lot of those excitement, excited moments where, where they like meet people or, or at the end, uh, you know, when, when she shows her portfolio to the, the, the sort of TV star and like that just moment of like being seen. And how, how her eyes light up. Right. And, and, yeah. and, and her, the, her, her physical aspects change and, and, and become so like vibrant and, and they just like it, that, that emotion flies off the page. Right. It is a yeah. beautiful, beautiful moment. And, and I feel like, I feel like that's like tip of the iceberg, right? Like we're, we're going to get yeah. way more and yeah. probably from other sides of the spectrum too, too, right? Like the, the good and the bad, it, it sounds much. like
1: very much they, yeah you guys you guys
0: kill it on that and, and and just the 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 emotion the raw emotion coming from this like i honestly i i didn't expect like i almost thought it was going to be like a uh like a like a tell-all uh and a and a heavy critique you know or or like or like you know like like paul's had it and, <laughs> and, and he's gonna t- he's gonna tell you how it really is and like i said the the meticulousness and the care that you and your art team put into this impossible impossible to ignore and yeah, and there's a, there's only able to respect
1: there's a lot of love in it too. yeah and um, you know comics is the wild west it's <laughs> it's terrifyingly unregulated <laughs> yeah, but that's 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 good as well as bad
0: yeah definitely now you're you're gonna be at sdcc
1: next week yeah, right yeah yeah yeah. We, we've got an ahoy panel in fact um, Ooh, but, what, do you, what are you what panel are you doing um ahoy um expect better is that what they're called um what's their slogan um expect more okay mm. and uh actually that's something they do really nicely because every ahoy comic is a little magazine you get uh, some prose, mm-hmm. uh, little features at the back as well i really like that
0: i love ahoy and and like you mentioned earlier you know one of the one of the indie publishers that has kind of stayed above the some of the the, the rockier terrain that, mm-hmm. that other indie publishers are suffering. Um, you know, both on and off the air, uh, I've I've ne- you know creators always sing their praises. Um, yeah you know uh mark mark russell's been on the show a few times uh, and Ooh. and uh because I, I, he keeps doing books with them i made a I made a joke I, I was like i asked him i was like i was like any truth to the rumors of ahoy comics changing their name to mark russell's ahoy comics <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: he's,
0: he, he, like just, he just like stared at me through the screen i was like i was i was kidding no but but every everybody loves them and, and like tom tom payer is, yeah. is amazing uh he's just he's Very just so decent, cool man yeah Yeah, so like and so I feel like this book has found like the absolute best home it could have found
1: right possibly the only home honestly (laughs) I mean who else is doing dark comedy yeah um, uh, but no I love them I they they treat us fairly you know they they can't always afford to do something Mm -hmm. but at the same time they tell you that up front and the deals are fair and the editorial process is is good so Honestly, you couldn't ask for more, especially in this climate.
0: That's good. That's good. I'm glad. I'm glad that you know, because I mean, you've you've been you've been around the block, sir. You've been you've been you've been doing things in in this industry for many many years, you know. And and it's 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 not you know, especially for these creator-owned projects that that are you know tied a little more closely into your heartstrings and and you know more. It's your baby. It's your little baby. And and uh, and you know, so to to have like you and your product taken care of and respected, you know, like I, you know, I I wish more indie creators had that experience, you know, but I'm glad, I'm glad you're there.
1: I do sometimes think I should start telling the lie that there was another earlier Paul Cornell, and uh, who just happened to have the same name. And he was also a writer in comics and television. And I'm a lot younger than... than
0: (laughs) (laughs) no it's it's interesting you know like watching you know like i mentioned like i i stumbled across you with that with that new wolverine run um that was like i mean any comic book shop you walked into had that had that new wolverine poster we all Ooh. knew he was losing his healing factor we didn't know he was going to die right after your run <laughs> ended right i didn't know charles soul was just going to yeah. come in and pour hot adamantium all over him and like <laughs> um but you know again like I know a lot of people critiqued that, but I, I really did love that. I love Wolverine so much. Yeah. Like, uh, and and I
1: thought I thought we would get years of stories out of oh, him really? being killable, and of course I sort of opened my own trap door. Right? <laughs> <laughs> of course they're going to kill him. Of course. And, did and you know my, that
0: when you started the run? Like, no. th- were they like take his powers away? For a few months, so we could we could no, just kill him.
1: No, um, oh wow. I, I was absolutely of the opinion that we would be going with that for years, not necessarily with me but mm-hmm. as a status quo. Okay. And um, uh, my wife said to me, "You cancelled your own comic."
0: <laughs> <laughs> Too soon, babe. Like
2: I don't need that right <laughs> now. <laughs> no,
0: and,
1: oh, um, oh, sorry. Yeah, um, no, I I I don't regard Wolverine. Some of it is is. I'm proud of but I think largely it's not my best work um because oh learning on the fly uh, about um having to I I tried to say at the start you know every other book which is a solo character that's where you go for big things happening to that character mm-hmm. the X-Men characters because historically the X-Men came first and then they got their solo books yeah You tend to go to the 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 team book for big things happening in their life. Oh yeah, which give their solo books a strange feeling of being spin-offs, where nothing important really happens. (laughs) And I want, I want, I said at the start, could we have it so that this is where the important stuff happens, and that be reflected. And I don't know what happened behind the scenes, but very few other books reflected the status quo in, in Wolverine. And uh, Greg Pack did, bless him. I was, I was pleased with him for that. He's a, he's a great guy. And um, but you know, you kind of, after a while, had the feeling of, well, we're, we're out on our own little promontory of continuity here, aren't we? <laughs> uh, and, um, and also, things kept changing behind the scenes. I think I had five, six editors across the run. Oh, wow. And um, you know, it was it was very choppy. and um what i could and couldn't use kept changing and this is just this is just life in one of the big universes i'm not i'm not complaining this is just how it is and Mm. i'm saying i didn't respond well enough to that i did i didn't surf it well enough and also i should have had a plan that was adaptable enough to deal with that and um anyway so my plan didn't really end up happening and um uh, there are all sorts of things in there that I think are left dangling, but, um, there are moments I like, uh, I got very ground down by it and, um, I really should have left after a year. Um, I should have known when to stop, Mm. um, because, you know, I was exhausted after, after a while. So, you know, um, I got to write to work with some, Oh, uh, some great people on it, and I got to reunite with Pete Woods, who uh, I work with on action comics. Who's always one of my favourite artists. Nice. And towards the end, when they knew it was coming to an end, they just said, "Who do you want?" I said Pete Woods, and they said, "Sure." Oh, cool. <laughs> but um, the, um, but, you know, uh, and oh, and I got to, I got to write a Black Panther issue, I'm still really proud of, where he and Wolverine basically just play a. a a strategic game against each other for mm-hmm. the whole issue. And that as a one-in-done, I'm quite proud of. Uh, Marvel Unlimited featured it as one of their um, best Panther issues. And oh, oh,
0: wow, cool. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm really... I always hesitate to be um, critical of my own work uh, in front of somebody who liked it. Because this can this can come perilously close to feeling. That you shouldn't have liked it, and you were wrong to. And that's well, not what i Well, it wouldn't be the first time
0: someone told me that. Like so, one yeah. of my one of my good friends told me. He asked me one time. He was like, "How do you review things? You like everything?" And I was like, <laughs> "No, I. There are a lot of things I don't like, but I don't. I don't like. I don't like being negative. I've yeah. I've I've very much worked hard to build my brand on, on being a, a positive voice in the industry, and and I don't. I don't want to be the guy that people look to to like watch me trash a comic or right? i don't want that kind of attention so yeah oh. when i when i review stuff or cover things i am i'm passionate about it i'm excited about it like these are real these are real emotions uh yeah. and and so yeah it's you know I, I think i think not covering
1: stuff that's not worth covering oh, says hey, stuff too right i i, I am delighted that you, that you had a good experience with it and I've, I've seen a couple of other good reviews recently so that's nice but um I, I, I may reread it one one day and uh, and decide there is, you know, um, I've done I've done worse. I, <laughs> I, I've done better. My favourite runs, I think, are Action Comics and Captain Britain. Okay. Uh, all with a side order of. Um, uh, demon knights at night and yeah you i
0: forgot you wrote etrian (laughs) for new 52 that's right that's right uh i uh, again another deal that like got uh, when new 52 was coming out i I felt like it was heavily critiqued and now that people are going back to it now and experiencing like a lot of these runs and they're praying
1: them DC have done something really smart and folded it into continuity rather than deciding none of it happened. Yeah. You know, I believe the status quo at DC now is that everything happened mm-hmm. from all universes. And, um, you know, I that's really, that's, that's pleasing. For a while there, all of us on the New 52 thought we were going to be just erased. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's... The nice thing about Demon Knights is that it's basically self-contained. Um, there's um, there's continuity that stretches ahead of it, but because we were starting a new universe, it, it's not enthralled too much. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love the artwork. I love that we told a proper fantasy story. And I- How much
0: do you hate rhyming, or do you love it?
1: Oh, I... After- <laughs> Well, there's meant to be a rule that uh, the rhyming goes with Etrigan's rank, that okay. uh, he, being a rhyming demon is a rank he holds, and he doesn't have to rhyme, he does that deliberately to hold on to his rank. <laughs> uh, so, um, I, I, I did have sections where he was not a rhyming demon anymore. but. Um, no i mean i think it's it's one of those things you have to do with a character basically mm-hmm. you have to do the rhymes <laughs> um and uh i miss vandal savage i miss writing certain characters i miss pete wisdom uh i, I miss vandal Savage as bride blessing <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, um, like you know the, the reason why i i brought up uh, wolverine again and, and now talking about your dc work is you know it's it's you're more creator owned independent side these days now is yeah. is that like if if they offered you a job like would you want to go back or are you happy are you happy in in the indie world with with you know dealing with your own creations and and you know different kinds of deadlines and editorial and stuff oh, like that
1: no I'm, I'm happy in the indie world but yeah i'd go back I, I i'd go i'd go back for the right characters okay um you know uh there are all sorts of characters in those two universes that I really adore and really want to work for. I, oh, I am writing for the again. Um, oh, in, nice. In, in the sense in that I've just novelized the comic Secret Invasion. Not the oh, TV cool. show, but the comic. And it's coming out in September from Titan. Nice. Uh, and I, I got to write new Pete Wisdom dialogue <laughs> because there, my Captain Britain run is part of... Because we don't just do the Central Spine mini-series, we do a lot of the spin-offs um, series as well. Okay. And uh, so I deliberately angled it, so I got to um, got to write new stuff for my uh, my um, Captain and MI-13 crowd that's so cool i i am very
0: interested in these prose adaptations that that a lot of y'all do and 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 now there's even like a lot of x-men novelizations that that are like fresh stories that mm. that aren't that aren't adaptations just brand new just but but you know um uh, all prose uh comics well, what's it like you know when when you're used to working with an artist okay
1: what, what, when, what, what i really well i'm i was always a prose writer first okay. and um that's where i come from and uh what i really loved about this was the editorial process uh, a chap called daniel carpenter at titan who's as big a nerd <laughs> and uh who has huge marvel chops and we sent it to a few other people as well who have huge marvel chops and um basically the sheer number of easter eggs uh that we've put in here that people go oh that's because of that and uh and every now and then he'd go you know there's an opportunity to fit another one in just this place here like when they go oh why didn't they threaten us with something um something worse like and we could put a few of the things in the vulva universe that you could threaten the planet with here mm-hmm. there's stuff like that and um you know, uh, it's a really good moment in Marvel history. It's, it's a really good story. Yeah. And I managed to find a good beginning point and actually a good end point to make it feel like one story. Cool. And I kept going a little while after the, the story in the comics ends to get to a, a, a good place of resolution. And because I get to be inside all the scrolls' heads and uh, do stuff from their point of view, I got to write scroll Jarvis because they take they take on <laughs> they take on the personalities to some extent of mm-hmm. whoever they're, they're copying and, and so scroll Jarvis goes around going my oh, humans seem to be resisting it's very tiresome. Right? <laughs> did, did you really have to so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's cool that's so exciting so I'm rereading it Right. I've I've read the main series before from Bendis. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. But I've never, I never read the tie-ins. And so I'm reading it with like all the tie in like there's so many tie-ins, but the tie-ins are actually real, like not, they're good. They're very, very good. And they, they, they flesh out so much of the story. And so it's, I, you know, I had this plan, right. And I was going to like, I was like, Ooh, I'm going to, I'm going to reread this. And, and like, do some write-ups about the new Disney series and like this will give me content for the sub stack and then and then you know and then I find out that like they purposefully like strayed away from almost you know everything yeah. they even like told some of the writers like don't read the comic you know just write. and I was like I was like man how what the hell am I going to write about now they're like two different they're two different animals
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I I think the Black Panther tie are great and, yeah. and and the Thor ones and um the uh oh and Hercules going to fight the Skrull gods that's tedious
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah um and um you know I I think the the chapters in the book told from Thor's point of view are all in the rhythms of Beowulf Oh wow! Um, so it is entirely poetic language talked of in the Edda. He came fiercely and fighting, and uh, you know. Uh, and, and I hope I don't I don't get on people's nerves after a while with that, but uh, <laughs> I, it, it really adds something. And like Beowulf, his first chapter in narration begins with him shouting, "Listen!" Uh, so yes uh I am really proud this of this sounds so
0: cool dude oh my <laughs> yeah. god this sounds so cool is it hard as as a as a prose writer when you're writing something like that to uh like constantly jump between like points of view from alien to human to oh.
1: superhero and well what what I do is and this is something I do in my prose as well I adopt a a, a useful different point of view for each chapter okay so you do get a little break you then okay you don't go from paragraph to paragraph changing. You know, okay. Changing so it's,
0: it's structured a little bit easier for you. Yeah. And you get to spend a little more time with everybody, it sounds yeah. like. Okay. And,
1: and Tony Stark's body dig through the whole book is terrific. <laughs> he basically um, starts feeling that um, everybody else is um wrong and he should be in charge and that's where he ends yeah <laughs> as well you know he, he doesn't learn anything from all of secret in <laughs> that's
0: it you said that comes out in september yeah, it does that's that's super cool. I'm I'm uh, I'm very I'm very stoked uh, for that. You know, it, you know, listening to you talk about you know whether whether indie comics our big two or whatever your endeavors were in this industry, right? It's I I hear the passion in you, and it and it and it, it, it it's infectious, right? Like I I get it. Like I'm I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm getting excited about stuff too. Which going back to con and on is why it's so good. It, you know, this you love. You're just, you're just a big happy nerd, and I yeah, love that. Yeah. And and you're yeah. you're putting that vibe out there um for uh you know for so many people to experience I- I- I am, in a new way I'm,
1: i really am just a big happy nerd i, <laughs> I, I think this is something uh, a lot of uh comica share that i was i was with dan slot the other day at a convention and he broke off his signing line to run across the floor to get his photo taken with sylvester mccoy and then run back to get into <laughs> the signing <laughs> line. um the um yeah, Conan is is sort of it's 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 it is my love letter as well as they broke Paul. Uh, they did not break Paul. It's my love letter <laughs> and my critique. Yeah, um, and um, because I think comics could be better, and I I think it will be better one day. But um, the oh, I should mention Sorcerer Country as well. We we're, we're finishing it. Um, it's out from Zoop um, probably early next year, maybe late this year. Oh, wow. Um, because we, we're doing a completed edition. We crowdfunded it, it's done, um, with um, everything of Source of Country and Source State from Vertigo and IDW, plus a new ending that finishes the story. So in one complete volume, you'll have everything, including a new- Wow. An actual ending. And for those people who've um, loyally bought everything so far, we didn't want to rip them off so we're publishing the ending separately as a separate comic as well so you can okay. just buy the ending if you've already got everything um and um yeah uh, ryan kelly's delivered all the art it's all been colored we are literally just waiting for the lettering and then the designer can get to work and so our backers will be getting that asap
0: Oh, that's um, that's exciting. That was a good yeah. campaign. I remember that. I remember that campaign running. I I like Zoop a lot. I do a lot of yeah. work with Kickstarter people. I do a lot of PR stuff now, Ooh. and 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 help like uh, help crowdfunder creators. To, you know, do I make silly little ads and, and videos, and I've somehow managed to make that a job, which is awesome. <laughs> that's uh, good. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I I get I get paid now to hype comics, which I never thought would be a, a, a thing, right? And. Uh, which is why we got to do this interview, right? Cause I don't have, my, my day job is flexible now. And I yes. could, I could say like, yeah, let's do it, Cause it's, it, we started at 9am my time. Uh, and, but you know, it's, uh, I, I love, I love the crowdfunding environment. It's so, it's so exciting. And, uh, and I hear a lot of good things about, about Zoop. I hear like, yeah. as a, like from a creator standpoint, like how they, how they work with you guys and, and kind of like, you think about your needs and how to how to make the project better like for paul specifically right like did did you kind of get the same vibes from them
1: yeah very much so they've even got two shipping centers one in britain and one in the states so, oh cool you know uh to some degree i think we cut it off after a certain point mm-hmm. um british buyers get to, to pay only british shipping which often makes a big difference in kickstarter oh
0: product. yeah yeah
1: um, so, um, you know, they are they are very, very good at what they do. And it was my first time crowdfunding a project, and I'm, actually, I'm really pleased with the results. Um, Ryan, who's one of the great artists, um, oh my goodness, seeing new paintings source of Sourcer Country from him, it's so good. Just somebody who my heart goes out to, he's worked so hard. And the industry has not always treated him kindly, mm. and um, he should be much more well regarded than he is
0: you know like i like I mentioned before, you know like the the more I find out sometimes is is the the, the blessing and the curse scenario uh, but it, yeah it's it, it it is it is a bummer how how some people you know they they love they love comic books so much they love storytelling so much and 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 occasionally they get you know taken advantage of or don't you know find the the respect that they deserve which i mean that's not just comics that's just life life fucking sucks like that sometimes but it's still you know it's still you know when when when, when like artistic endeavors are involved in these like passion prod it it hits a little bit differently right than then you know just like i, I walked outside and stepped in dog poop barefoot and like why does the universe hate me or whatever you know like it it's it's different than that kind of than that kind of like uh universal downpour of crap that hits you every
1: now and then. <laughs> it is standing um well trying to include some light mm-hmm. yes what what what
0: kind of uh, what kind of crowdfunder were you like? Were you constantly like refreshing the page, looking at the numbers, or were you able to kind of separate oh, yourself from it a little bit?
1: I was terrified. I mean, luckily, I know people who've successfully crowdfunded before, who were mm-hmm. able to say it'll go, it'll whiz up at the start, and then it'll just and it does stop. nothing, it <laughs> does nothing for a long time, and then it can <laughs> start moving again. It'll get there before the end.
2: Yeah. Phew! <laughs>
0: Yeah. It's, it's weird. It's, yeah. You, you run these like these month campaigns and then there's like, there's like a week and a half of, of actual like needle moving. Right. Yeah. And, and then it's like that, that, that mid, that mid waiting game. And, and I know, like, I know you, you did some interviews. you like, you were, you were on my buddy, uh, uh, keeping A geekly, uh, mm-hmm. what you did an interview about, uh, saucer, uh, and, uh, it, and, and, so I know like that kind of, you know, distracts you too, but you know, you, you guys got to do a lot of your own PR, right? So like you're, yeah. you're, you're hitting the podcast circuits, you're putting all this work in, and you got to talk to weirdos like me and then and then and then and then you, the episode comes out, and you're like, "No, they didn't do
2: anything.
1: <laughs> the the, the, um, uh, the extra skill sets you have to have these days. yeah uh, the other day, I made a graphic for myself of um, you know where I'm going to be at San Diego comic Con, mm-hmm. And I put it up, and I looked at it, and I thought, oh, it's not good, Paul. You really have no graphic design skills. <laughs> you never thought this would be a thing, and Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Scott rather wonderfully just sort of t- patting me on the shoulder and saying, Paul, here's one I made for you. You just, that, that, like, oh, that's so much better. Thank you, Kath. Oh,
0: <laughs> that's funny. I, hey, I, I do the I do the same thing. Like I uh, my my graphic design work and the in the promo art I do. Like it was all very much like self-taught and and it was a skill that i didn't know i would need right but when you start you know when you start podcasting or if you make a youtube video you got to make a cover photo and the cover photo needs to look kind of cool and now of course like you know when i make ads for clients you know kickstarter books and stuff like you know i gotta um when i i found what i i'm clever enough that i can i can like erase the words in their in their bubbles and and read and redo the dialogue to in, into like an advertisement clients seem to like that um but yeah it's,
1: i can't do that <laughs> <laughs> but oh i should say i'm also a podcaster i um uh i run uh, with lisbeth miles my co-host uh the um hammer house of podcast we are watching all the hammer horror movies in uk release order oh wow um, we are five years into this and we've got eight left whoa oh so you're a horror you're a, you're a horror nerd too well i'm an a old little bit. horror nerd i like <laughs> i like horror that's old enough so that all the horror has been drained out of it liz, liz is a full-on horror fan okay and my wussiness is a source of constant delight to her. <laughs>
0: oh that's cool so so okay so you're you're i like i like you're you're a man of many talents you're a, you're a, you're a podcaster a, a, a novelist a, a prose writer a comic writer um, not What not a other...
1: graphic designer <laughs> <laughs> what other what other secret talents do you have oh um do you know that this is this is probably it i can cook a bit okay um, okay i um I play cricket badly, but playing it at all might be like, seen as a talent. <laughs> mm, oh, I can buy. I buy the right presents for people. Oh, that's, that's, yeah. that's a that's a good talent.
0: That's a good talent.
1: That's my that's my second talent on my D and D list. Of uh, skills and that's it. That's as far down as the skill list goes.
0: Well, yet yet again, you've you've proved that that you're just a generally good guy, and that (laughs) that makes you know any that uh, good present buying because you you know it's funny to buy a good present. You have to be present. You have to like really know somebody and listen and be active in the moments with your friends and your family or your partner. You know you have to pay a lot of attention, and it's 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 sad that like so many people don't. Like I thrive off communication. Obviously, as you can tell, like I have a problem shutting up and I will just keep talking and talking forever. Um, But, you know, it's you know, it's uh, it's so weird that so many people, um, you know, don't want to do that. Like they don't want to even their friends or close ones or lovers. They like don't want to listen to them. And it's like, what is why? I (laughs) think I get
1: this because my elder brother was a terrible present buyer. and there, There were frequent Christmases growing up. Where I would I would look at him and go, no, "What's the real present?" Oh no! <laughs> he, he, he once bought me as a ten-year-old a rough wooden box, and I was like, I opened it up, and he went, "But no, no, the present is the box."
0: <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, that's I've never been given an like empty box you know, before.
1: It's not like he's fourteen; he was twenty-something at that point. <laughs>
0: Oh my goodness, that's funny. Well <laughs> Paul, I've I've kept you over an hour, man. You're you're sure, a, sure. just an absolute I, gym to talk to. I can I could I can keep going, man. You're you're just you're so easy to talk to, you're so freaking charming. I love it. Uh thank you
1: so much for I wanna
0: me. I wanna remind people, um, you know, this when you guys get this um on will already be out. It's it's ready for you at a shop, and and I really, really encourage you to to go and 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 snag a copy and and experience this. And and also, dare I say, I know no one's going to listen to me because I don't know why no one likes to pre-order comics. But pre-order the next issue, put it on your pull list, tell your shops you want this book. It really it, it helps Paul, it helps the shop, it helps. Ahoy um it, it helps everybody and and i i do think these you are five issues get, you don't
1: want to miss you always get on social media people going oh hey i walked into the comic shop and your comic was sold out isn't that great i'm like no because <laughs> you didn't order it and they had two copies and they've both gone <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i mean it. i mean in a sense yeah selling out is nice especially if there's like you know Sequential printings and and stuff, right? But like you said, you want people to be able to buy this book, yes. especially this book. I feel like this book is very special and important to you, yeah. And yeah, and and like you really want to get this out. And yeah. after reading the first issue, like I I can't recommend it a- enough for for my audience. Any anybody anybody who loves comics, anybody's ever gone to a convention, had a good time. Comic professionals, which if you look, I think every who's who in comics has given you quite the absolutely like charming masterful pull quote like you have so many pull quotes from so many great people uh on this on this book so it's it's very cool to see your your peers uh celebrating your your win here
1: as well that was very very nice i i I went and shook some trees it must be said but they didn't have to be so kind (laughs) That was very lovely now
0: paul the the polite podcast host that i am um where's you know f- for people to want to follow you keep track of you do you have like a website or a newsletter like how, yeah. how do we keep track of all this cool stuff you got coming out
1: um if you go to PaulCornell.com, that's where everything is um i'm on instagram i'm on substack i have my regular uh, friday newsletter um where i i'm i have a fiction serial that comes out every every thursday on um substack as well um night of the gnomes my my cotswold fantasy um i'm on linkedin and i'm on blue sky and that's it
0: nice hey uh, the sky's the sky's bluer um yeah. And not as toxic. Well, yeah. it was till like yesterday. Some I guess some weird <laughs> stuffs happening on Blue Sky now too. Always teething troubles. There's assholes thing. everywhere, man. Yeah. You just can't get rid of them, unfortunately. Um, and then yeah, it's just it. I, I mentioned that the other day. Like it really sucks that so many of us i love social media and connecting with people anyway right but you know there are times where i'm like i wish i could take a break unfortunately for what i do i have to be constantly present on social media especially for my other job which is a social media manager for metal ninja studios which is a company that helps indie creators make books and and so you're like you can't be a social media manager and take a break from social media but yeah uh, but you know it's just it's a bummer that like you know i get the you know whatever free speech argument you want to say like i i don't buy into that that's not what free speech was intended for and and the the this belief that like well you should just have to deal with bigotry because it's just there on so and it's like i'm done with it man like i don't understand why we can't filter this shit out why you know like you know I, i even on someone posted on that that donald trump truth.com or whatever that other social media platform you can't say slurs on that if you if you do it'll it'll like um it'll it'll warn you when you try to post it'll be like you can't say this and so like the platform of donald trump won't let you say derogatory slurs but then blue sky's like oh whoops we've messed we messed that one up and missed it so yeah i don't know man it's you can definitely filter these things out it's just it, this, I don't, is I
1: don't, bit, this has always been the way for humanity, that you you, you don't invite people who you um, existentially disagree with to your dinner parties for a robust debate, you just don't. <laughs> it's um, cancel culture has been present throughout the entire history of humanity, it is yeah. in fact just what people do all the time. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, anyway, anyway, on that
0: note, <laughs> <laughs> we kept it. We kept it. We We keep. We we we've gone from like laughing jokes, happy memories, and, and then to, to spiraling into weird darkness. This is this yeah. has been a, a an emotional episode, <laughs> which I knew well, it would be because like when we started, and I told you, like, you, you know, one of, one of your books is is gonna forever be like a real good yeah. memory between well, me and my dad, I, even though you you don't like your own book but that's fine i loved
1: it no i love that i love that you have that memory and uh, thank you very much for having me and uh, it's been it's been a pleasure oh
0: yeah dude same best
1: of luck with the
0: continuation of con and on because it is it is all the magic that comic books are is in every panel of that book and and i'm not I, i mean that from the bottom of my heart it is so good it is so pure you learn you learn so much even with it you know even with it being mostly fiction right based in truth but uh i just i i just i just love it And it was an honor to to get to talk to you i like i really respect you you as a writer and love what you're doing and 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 you're just good people man it was fun chat
1: thank you so much
0: all right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, everybody, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back later for something else. Love more, hate less, read comics. You know how we do it. Live by it, die by it, just like the sword. Uh, I'll be back later with other awesome guests. Paul will be back later with other awesome books, especially in September for that secret invasion novelization. Very, very stoked for that. And Paul, thank you again, man, for, for spending as uh, part of your day with me. I, I know you guys are busy with your deadlines and stuff, and it, it always means the world when when you when you give me the time of day. I, I love it, and I, I love I love chatting with, with writers. It's just so, and artists, but it's, it's so fun to listen to you guys talk about what you're passionate about.